light Those cold and gray skies The sun is shining Temperature rising All smiles from every Chicago hill Summertime and it's time to hear some fun So pop the top and grab me a cold While the boards are cruising Your friends are snoozing Hot sand and a little bit of boozy Picture perfect postcard day I can still hear all blue eyes say With that big voice cigar Perfect sound, this is my Kind of town, yeah, yeah Chicago of a fork on the road show. I am a food and travel expert, Mark DiCarlo, and next to me is the lovely and talented traveling diva, Yenny Alvarez. And that's when you talk. <laughs> we've, been doing, we've been doing this for a year know, and a half. What are you, you, you always say, and the talented, or, or the, the tanned. You didn't say anything I could react to today. I said your name. Should not have... name! Hey... <laughs> When you're on stage in Chicago and you say, hello, Chicago, everyone goes, woo! I think that was pretty, people that are listening, that was pretty obvious, right? <laughs> I, it's not just me. <laughs> Literally, we just looked at each other like, yeah. Oh, my God. Whatever. It's hot. Go. It's hot and we're hungry. This is our sandwich issue. It's all about sandwiches and cooking and, and yummy food and yummy people that are going to be on the show. A little more barbecue. We had a barbecue show about a month ago, so this is sandwiches. And because it's summer, and you know what? No one really wants to be in the kitchen cooking and making big hot things. So sandwiches are key. You're done mowing the lawn. You want a sandwich. You want. You've been out drinking all night. You want a good sandwich. You don't want just two pieces of bread with whatever you find in the refrigerator. No. You want something good and yummy with great ingredients and maybe a crazy recipe or two. Perhaps. It depends on what you want. So it's our sandwich show. If you've missed any of our past shows, you can find them on our site, which is a forkontheroadshow.com. You can also follow us on social media. On Instagram, I am Mark DiCarlo TV. I am Yenny Alvarez, and on Twitter, he's Mark DiCarlo, mm-hmm. and I'm Traveling Diva. But uh, follow us on iTunes. Follow us on iTunes. Follow us on SoundCloud. Uh, subscribe to the show. We have, we're closing in on our one millionth subscriber, so we'd like to do that before... Before the uh, oh, yeah. summer's over. And review us on iTunes. Yes, we we're getting some great reviews. That. We appreciate that. Um, also appreciate all the, on iTunes. <laughs> all the folks that have uh, been listening to us and supporting us the last uh, year and a half. We love doing the show each and every week. We have different guests on. Last week, we had Chris Pratt from the Guardians of the oh, Galaxy. Oh, so cute. This week, Zoe Zaldana from She's Guardians of the Galaxy. Fabulous. From Dominican Republic. Yes. Woo-hoo! Yes, she's in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. She's great in that. Also, she's going to be playing Nia, Nina Simone in an upcoming biopic of oh, Nina she's Simone. So and we love Nina Simone, and she was really sweet and wonderful. So we'll be oh. talking to Zoe Zaldana. We're going to be talking to Chris Grau, the 
Imperial Booftar of the Up in Smoke on the Square Barbecue Festival on Lincoln, Illinois, which takes place the 22nd through the 24th of August. I'm going to be the celebrity host down there. We're going to be doing uh, a full weekend of barbecuing in central Illinois. This uh, Lincoln, Illinois is about three hours away from Chicago, St. Louis, and Indianapolis. And this is a Kansas City Barbecue Society sanctioned event. So uh, 30 of the top professional barbecuers in the nation will be there cooking and barbecuing all weekend long. Tickets are free. Come on down. Get yourself some beer, some wine, some barbecue. I'll be there. We're going to be doing a live uh, broadcast of this show from Lincoln, Illinois, over that weekend. And it's going to be really fun, unless it's really, really hot. So uh, follow us on social media. Come out and see me live at the uh, Up and Smoke on the Square in Lincoln, Illinois. And uh, tell your friends about the show. Yes. And now... Who else is going to be on the show today? Well, we have Chef Brian Duffy. Mm-hmm. Do you know who Chef Brian Duffy is? I do. He is the chef from Bar Rescue, and he's the guy that you see at midnight um, with his great gadget, which is a um, uh, sandwich stuffer. Mm-hmm. Makes stuffed burgers that uh, are delicious. It looks like a cheesy Ronco Popeil thing. But it actually works. Yeah, and it's actually, it looks easy to, to do. Well, I've been doing that for years, but I do it by hand. You make two little patties. Is that what you tried to do? And you put some stuff inside of it, usually like um, like a feta cheese. And then you, you make a sandwich of the two meat patties, and then you cook it. But it's hard to pack it really tight, and then the cheese oozes out. And if you don't, like, a, I like to put minced garlic and onion and some mushroom in there. And if you don't mince it up nice, and it, it crumbles and okay. falls apart. Okay. And just... Let's not talk about bad made sandwiches. No, let's just let's talk, talk about, about good ones. Good sandwiches. Yes, more positive uh, stuff in the world, less negative. Sandwiches take on the personality of the cities from whence they were birthed. I grew up in Chicago, Illinois. The There's two famous sandwiches in Chicago, the Vienna beef hot dog, which is a hot dog, but it's it would be in the sandwich bin, and the Italian beef sandwich, which is very thinly sliced roast beef soaked in au jus on a crisp, toasted French bun with the juice poured on the bread with hot peppers, uh, hot pepper salad called jardinere, which is celery and peppers and onion and stuff in a real hot oil. And it's probably about 4,000 calories, but it's delicious. Hmm. Well, in my, I grew up in Miami and in Miami, there's also two sandwiches. There's the midnight sandwich, which is the medianoche, and there's the cubano sandwich. They have the difference between the two is that they have different types of breads. Like the midnight has the sweet bread and uh, has pickles. And I don't know if the Cubano has pickles. And the Cubano is on a Cuban bread with, um, I think it also may have pork. With the Medianoche, it does not. Cuban bread is a loaf of bread that if you drop it into the ocean, it just automatically ends up on the beaches in Miami. (laughs) It just knows. It's like just floats. Joke. It'll float 90 miles. That is a horrible salt joke. Salt water and reach freedom. I have family that has come over in a, in a raft yes, from baby. Miami you know floating. What? The Cuban people are a strong, wonderful, beautiful, resilient people. And when they don't resilient. like what they're dealing with, they get the hell out. Yeah, well. And their bread does the same. Too. I'm not saying I wouldn't. I'm just saying the bread Imagine knows. the alternative that you're willing to throw yourself in the water to, to sharks. But anyway, let's go on to sandwiches. The Nothing, bread. no political. No, sandwich. Now, technically, a sandwich is a food item that has to be stuffed surrounded by bread or some sort of bread thing, like a pretzel roll or a Kaiser roll or a bread-ish Kind of thing, and then basically you can put whatever you want in it. And yeah, some... and that you you can eat with your hands. Mm-hmm. Do you remember where the who invented the first sandwich? The Earl of Sandwich. Is Everyone... that his name? Yes, 
the Earl of Sandwich. That he's credited with it. He was golfing, and he they brought him steak, and he said, "Put it between two pieces of bread." And yeah, that's the story. What probably happened is he was golfing, and he someone didn't want to stop. and some peasant in his kitchen invented it, and he took to credit for happy. it. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm guessing. So you know, it could be the Earl. Of, uh, we could be eating Pablo's for all we know, <laughs> or Gary's, but instead we're eating sandwiches because of him. There's some famous. Sandwiches from all around the country. Uh, Esquire has a big article in their um, their August issue uh, with my buddy Chris Pratt on the cover, and some so of, uh, some of these are delicious sandwiches. And if you are in these cities, you definitely should have them, especially if you're traveling there to visit. I bet you the muffaletta from New Orleans is in there. Yes, That's it is. a sandwich. Yes, the muffaletta, which they're saying was invented in the Central Grocery, which we talked oh. to people at Frank's, yeah, which is they down said, the street. Yeah, they there's said, some, they didn't invent it at Central Grocery. We invented it here. <clears throat> there's a sandwich in Louisville, Kentucky called the Hot Brown. What do you think? I'm going to give you a quiz. What do you think is in the Hot Brown? Uh, brown mustard? No. Brown meat? Uh, what do you mean brown <laughs> meat? Maybe it was created by the Earl of Brown. I don't know. <laughs> no, not the Earl of Brown. No, it's it's a uh, toast points, roasted turkey, bacon, tomato, and mornay, which is a rich bechamel cheese sauce, and it, they bake it. And it was oh. made, they used to have these big all-night dance-a-thons back at the... Uh, if they bake it, is it an open-face sandwich? Yes, it is. And, but the brown comes from the Brown Hotel, which is where it was invented. In oh, Louisville. okay. They would have these all-night dance-a-thons during the Depression, and this is the kind of food that people would eat. And they just call it the hot brown because they would uh, toast it. We already talked about the media noche from Miami. The hiborito. What is that? It's from Chicago. It's a Puerto Rican sandwich that's become popular in Chicago. Instead of bread, the the protein is put on fried plantains. (gasps) Two big fried plantains. um, Slow-cooked Latin-style pork or chopped chicken. Slices of two Fried green plantains brushed with garlic and oil. It is so delicious. Oh, that sounds incredibly yummy. Yeah. A jibarito. A jibarito is how you say You know what that means? Jibarito means the little wild one. Well, I would say that that's... uh, Pretty wild because it's not bread. Yeah. Um, Esquire says the most L.A. sandwich is the BLAT, which is bacon, lettuce, avocado, and tomato. I would would disagree. Everyone, like old time... The uh, blat. The blat. Um, th- there's a Philippe's French dip sandwich downtown. That's like going back to the 30s and 40s. But I guess if you're talking nouveau California cuisine, the blat could fill that role. Um, yeah, they do have the French dip as well. And uh, the loose meats. There are a lot of varieties of loose meats, sloppy joes, sandwiches like that because they're sloppy easy joes. to make. Sloppy joes. Yeah. Yum. What was your favorite sandwich growing up? Uh, Medianoche. Yeah. Mm, what was the other one? The steak, the Cuban steak sandwich. Oh my God! Okay, so two pieces of Cuban bread, and you put one of those um, thin slices of steak, and you put this grilled potatoes and grilled onions on top. Oh my Lord, that was good. Oh, sounds delicious. I used to make uh, peanut butter. I'd spread peanut butter on toast, and then I would toast it and toast the peanut butter into the toast. Did you put bananas? No, on no, top of it? No, no, because that kills you. If you're Elvis, that <laughs> kills you. No, it's just like a <clears throat> toasted, open-faced peanut butter sandwich. Then you put the, the preserves on after. So you get the oh. hot, the cold. I was epics ahead of my time. I was way in the future of time, which, ironically, is where our first guest's movie takes place. Uh, 
Zoe Zaldana's got the number one movie in the country right now, Guardians of the Galaxy. It's uh, People keep seeing it over and over. Because it's hilarious and it's exciting and it's fun. Our friend Gustavo Rex has seen it three times. Oh, well, he'll see anything. No. Um, it's a big movie uh, expanding the Marvel Universe and turning uh, Chris Pratt into, I think, the next Harrison Ford. He's so good in this movie. And right by his side the entire time is the strong and the wonderful Zoe Zaldana. I got a chance to talk to her about uh, her life, her travels, and her movie. You've done a great job in your career of balancing these huge blockbuster movies with the little independent movies. I hope so. You know, it, it's kind of a little bit of everything. What drew you to Guardians of the Galaxy? Um, James Gunn, the possibility of, of joining the Marvel family, and I was very inquisitive about, about Gamora. And She's even nasty. Though, yes, yes, nasty she is. Nasty woman. And even though, like, the whole green process, I was not really looking forward to it, but being green felt well, I'm like well, I've already been blue green. I can <laughs> I can maybe be green <laughs> you can do the whole rainbow you can do the Roy G. Biv as your career progresses exactly uh, but she is really talk about a woman scorned right she is yeah upset Mm -hmm. uh, do you have like a method? Is there? Do you draw on something that happened to your specific thing that happened to you in your life to fuel that fury? No, I mean I. I what attracted you to this character? I think it was the conflict of of how much of a bully she appears to be, but deep deep down she has a great sense of justice, and. Um, and if it wasn't for the fact that Thanos abducted her and forced her into a life of a crime, she would have probably been like a peacemaker or a Marxist. I don't know, like, you know? And, um, but she isn't. So she lives in this constant conflict where she's trying to really get out and, and, and take responsibility because when they're in the jail, like, she's, she's accepting her, her possible destiny, that, that her possible fate, that she, she might lose her life to, to all these criminals that feel she's indebted to them, mm -hmm. you know. And, and um, so that's, I like the fact that she faces life, you know, with a, with like forward, like full frontal, and 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 she encourages these these thieves and and vandals to to sort of be a little more dignified. Mm -hmm. And and I think the characterizations of all the people in the film help drive it forward. Yes. Lots of times in big movies, the character is sublimated to the noises and the bangs, but really the the band of thieves that comes together to achieve justice really makes. I would imagine gives you a lot more things to play, including the humor. Of course. That had to be like fun, yeah. right? These are like the freaks and geeks, you know, like the motley crew of it all. The ones that are always usually uh, 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 invisible in a crowd. And now they're the heroes. They, they have an opportunity of saving the galaxy. And that I loved because it has a very beautiful message mm -hmm. for, for, for everybody, especially for young people. That's like you, you are special and we all, and it's okay to, to have a sense of belonging and wanting to find that niche that's really right for you. Uh, because that they kind of find it in each other, but they were rejects of, of all sorts. <laughs> and they become friends, and through that friendship, they get the courage to save the day. And I, and I thought, my God, I really like this movie. I like the message of it. 
So you are the queen of space now. Between I think so. <laughs> Avatar, Star Trek, yes. and Guardians of the Galaxy. If someone came to you tomorrow and said, All right, you're going to go to Mars, but you probably won't come back. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think I might run away like I did with this movie. And then they'll probably just hunt me down going, We still want you. And and it's fun. I like I like being in space. All the all the possibilities of what could be keep you wondering for hours, you know. So I like I like being in that place and sort of thinking about this. Well, it was great to watch you in that place. Thank the movie's you. very exciting and very funny and you're spectacular in it. Thank you so much. Best of luck. <laughs> She's playing Nina Simone. Oh, so exciting. I can't wait to see it. She's phenomenal. Yeah. This girl is incredible. She's really I'm so happy that she's one of the top actresses right now. Well, she's in this franchise, she's in the Star, Star Trek, Trek franchise, and now she's going to be Nina Simone. That's a Woo, That's not a bad career so she's got happy. going for her. A real sweet uh, and woman. And Dominican we appreciate Republic. Her. What, what? Right. And it's like the cousin to Cuba. Yes. Right. Uh, so we thank her for coming on the show. Our next guest is a... Famous television chef. You've seen him on late night TV. You've seen him on the Spike television show Bar Rescue. But you might not know how hilarious and funny he is. Luckily, he's going to lay that out for us today on the show. It's Chef Brian Duffy. How are you guys? We're doing great. Thanks for joining us today. It's my absolute pleasure. Uh, now, we've seen you on Bar Rescue. Uh, we've seen you on late night television making hamburgers. <laughs> oh, and somebody's People calling you calling to tell you to turn studio, off your phone. Calling the studio because they want to talk to you. We'll have to talk to them uh, uh, <laughs> later. Yeah. Start with how did you get into cooking? Let's start there. You know, I mean, I grew up in a household with two parents. You know, my my father was a teacher, my mother was a nurse, and um, you know, my my parents had four kids. So both of my parents are awesome cooks. Um, my father was the real adventuresome one. He was always the one who was uh, trying something new and kind of grabbing the cookbooks and and making adjustments to them. And my mother was, uh, you know, I, I joke around. My mother's from Ohio, and she, you know, I always say I've been trained classically in French, and you were trained in classic 1974. <laughs> so, uh, but, you know, I, I kind of make jokes of that, but my parents are both awesome cooks. So that's really where the, the, the passion and the desire came from. Both Irish folks? Uh, my father is Italian and Irish, and my mother is Irish. Wow, that's a fiery mix. Oh my lord, are you kidding me? And they had, uh, and we have, we have three. Uh, I have, we have four kids. So it's uh, Colleen, Margaret, Mary, Brian, William, Francis, <laughs> Michael, uh, Rodden, and Timothy Keegan. So yeah, we're 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 Irish. So when they got mad, sure. how did they call you guys? Oh, hey, take, you! It would take a week. Uh, yeah, well, my brothers are twins as well. So Mike and Tim. Um, my brothers, they're they're uh, in production out in L.A. They have their own studios, and uh, Mark, you 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 know Tim, but mm -hmm. uh, they they're 13 minutes apart. So my mother would just go down the, the whole gamut. She'd be like, Brian, Michael, Timothy. <laughs> so. Joe Murray can recite all his siblings in one breath, and there's nine of them. Oh, oh my god! Yeah. You know what? I grew up on a street. At the top of our street, we had the Esmonds, and they had eight children. The bottom of our street, we had the McKennas, and they had, I believe, ten. Oh and my. the youngest is my one of my best friends. Her name's Paula. And in 1974, 1975, my parents moved into our house. And the day after we moved in, Paula, who was eight years younger than her her younger her next sibling, so she was an Irish, whoops. you know, whoops. Um, she uh, she knocked on our front door at the age of four and said, my name is Paula McKenna, and I want to know if you have any children that I can play with. Aww. And this was mad, but think about it. This was in 1975, and she was four years old, and she walked 20 houses away from her parents' house. Oh, my. Wow. 
Yeah. So, but anyway, to this day, she is one of my dearest friends. That's and, a girl that wants a friend. Yeah. She's, <laughs> she's still, I mean, our children are. Because if you're four and you're walking 20 blocks, that's like walking 80 blocks for a grown up. No, no, not 20 well, she blocks. was tired of the or other 20 houses. In the 19 I know, but that's 80 houses. Him. That's, that's it's like lot. walking across the Sahara to find a friend. Well, <laughs> the 19 houses before didn't, ha- the 19 blocks before didn't have in- interesting kids. Plus, yeah. you know what? Can you yeah. imagine the, the delicious smells that are coming out of that house? Mm-hmm. That's, right. That was the real reason right there. That was there. the real reason. She was hungry. I know. <laughs> so, no, I thought it was because she just wanted to be my friend. Thanks for ruining that one. <laughs> no. It's been, she's been shining you your whole life. It has nothing to do with you. It's about the food. Oh, what a horrible way to start the interview. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, I, I grew up and it was the whole, our whole neighborhood. We were all friendly and everybody cooked. And um, it was just something that. You know, I still refer back to. I mean, I love family dinners, and I I live a mile and a half from my parents, so I go to my parents every opportunity I can to go down and eat and play. My father's got a garden, I've got a garden. It's 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 it was a big deal for us. Well, it's I mean, in Italian houses and Irish house, any really ethnic house, that's where all the that's where all the good stuff happens in the kitchen around the table. Totally. Yeah. You know, either my, you're getting screamed at, or you're hearing all the stories, the <laughs> secrets. You know, yeah. don't tell your father, but, but blah, blah, blah. Exactly. Yeah. In my Cuban household, my mom's cooking. My dad's joking around with her. Um, when they came over here, I still have video of them dancing around the kitchen to all, yes. you know, salsa songs and cooking. That, but, and that's the way that it should be. Mm-hmm. It's such a chore now. And that's something, you know, we're, we're in such an awesome place with food and restaurants and, and in the industry itself. But the problem is, and I, I, I truly believe, we don't spend enough time at home cooking. And that means me as well. Um, Do you cook my, in your own home? I love to cook in my own home. And in fact, my girlfriend is a chef as well. So we all cook. I mean, wow. it's a big deal for us. Because I, I heard, you know, maybe chefs don't really cook in their own home. Well, one, because we're never home. Mm. Now, for me, I'm not in a restaurant on a daily basis the way that I used to be. So I'm home a little bit more. How I'm home, I don't understand. But see, that would suck for the wife because if you marry a chef, you think, oh, I'm set. I'm going to be eating delicious. When have you ever talked to a chef's wife? where the, <laughs> They may think that, but they learn pretty quickly that that's the They're opposite. They're not home. They're not home when they, they want to go home. They don't want to cook. Home. Oh, that would suck. Well, and, and it's funny because my girlfriend just posted a picture because I contacted her. I called her this morning and I said, do me a favor. Please check the garden. Because when I, before I had left on, on uh, Monday morning at whatever, 5 a.m. to fly to L.A., I, I had 70 cucumbers. 70 cucumbers in my garden. And I had about 25 tomatoes. And, and about four of them were just about to turn red. Ooh. So she just posted a picture on Instagram and she said, Chef Rideup, it's the first pictures or the first tomato salad out of the garden. Too bad you're not here to share it. Oh. <laughs> Plus, what a taunting uh, Instagram for the uh, squirrels and the rats in your neighborhood. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I've got a squirrel. I've Who got has a, you, who's a peach tree. I've got a peach tree in the front and every day that son of a bitch takes a different peach, the most oh. ripest one, eats it and then leaves the pit right on the wall. <laughs> just like, aha, I'm going to do it again tomorrow, you bastard. <laughs> well, I have, um, I had a bird feeder outside of our window so that the cats could look out the window and they, they play with the birds. Uh-huh. And, uh, and damn squirrels, I don't know how the hell they did it. I don't know what they did, but they literally would, they would just go in the tree, climb down the whole thing, and they would shake the bird feeder to get everything out of it. Oh, so I bought a bird squirrel. feeder that now, if it's more than six ounces of of weight on it or whatever it is. Is that the one that spins? 
no, this doesn't spin. This closes the whole thing. So if <laughs> anything over anything over the weight of a bird gets on it, it shuts down the window for the bird feeder. I love it. And they should add your voice saying, suck it, squirrely. Exactly. <laughs> Back off, bitches. <laughs> you know, they have one that um, whenever it has a certain amount of weight on it, it spins out of control and it throws the squirrel off. Yep. That sounds I much more entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> it is. The cats would love that. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, they sit in that window and they just laugh at them. <laughs> <laughs> so you started your career... Uh, in, in you, you went to French cooking school and then you were in the hotel cooking business for a while and then you got hooked up. Wh- which came first, the infomercial stuff or the uh, bar rescue? Wow. Um, I, you know, I, I mean, God, I graduated culinary school in 94. Mm-hmm. So I've been a chef for a long time. So for 20 years, I did before bar rescue. I mean, I did a show for Food Network for three seasons, two seasons. Um, I did stuff for DIY HD, Fine Living Packs. I did NBC in Philadelphia for eight years. Um, oh, we're going to talk about the sandwiches in a minute. Yeah, yeah. Well, Bar, Bar Rescue came along in 2009, 2000, yeah, 2010 maybe. And, uh, and, and the stuff's, uh, burger stuffer came after that. Mm. So for people that have not seen it, explain, because I think it's a brilliant idea. Uh, what, what is Bar Rescue? How does okay, it work? So- Bar Rescue is a show that was created by um, by John Taffer and and oddly enough my brother Tim um, at Spike TV and it is a show where uh, they're failing bars and nightclubs call in and they say basically we need your help. Taffer is one of the world premier bartending or, or bar and nightclub consultants, um, doing over eight hundred bars through his entire career. Mm-hmm. Um, to talk to him is is a pleasure. Because you literally you have conversations with him about it, and you learn and you learn from him by talking to him. Um, so they call the show, and we have five days or had. I, I recently left the show to work on some other stuff, but you call you. We have five days to go in and fix everything, whether it's change the concept, whether it's fire a bartender or a cook, change the entire menu. Uh, we change the whole concept. If the concept that they have doesn't work, we do a relaunch. We do renovations. I mean, it's an And often you're dealing with people who do not want things to change because it's their family's restaurant or it's their yeah. father's concept or, uh, you know, people are dating and sleeping together. It's, it's, it's like a soap opera in a bar. Yeah, it totally is. I mean, if you, if you think about it, why do you open a bar? Well, there's two reasons to open Drink a bar. for free. Yeah, and that's, that's that's one of the reasons, and that's one of the other reasons. <laughs> but but the average bar owner that opens without information, without doing research, whatever, they're opening a bar because they think they can do it better than somebody else can. Okay, so with that being said, imagine as an owner of something that you truly believe in that you're doing it half-assed, that you're not doing a good job at it. So. That's where the that's where the conflict comes into play. You know, somebody would buy a let's say you buy a bar that's called Bob's Bar and Grill, and it's failing for you. But when you bought it, it was working. Well, there's obvious that it's failing for you. But but Bob's Bar and Grill, people say, well, it's a name, and I have to keep it, and it's a historical landmark, and people come here because of the name. Well, guess what? The name's got nothing to do with it, dude. Really, it doesn't. It's an homage to you. It's something that you're yeah. doing for yourself. It's not something that you're doing for your clients or for your people, the guests that are walking in the front door. There's a place here in Los Angeles called Tom Bergen's Bar. Sure. And yeah. it's it's a bar and it's an Irish food uh, place. And they, they've been open since 1936. Yep. Famous place. We used to go there every 
every week after a softball game. And the bartenders were a thousand years old, and they were rude and hilarious, and it was a great neighborhood bar. They were nice bar. to me. Yeah, they were uh, they were nice to everybody. But uh, and then it changed hands. They kept the name, and new guys came in, and it was the the vibe was completely different. It, it was horrible, and they closed it down. That you know. I don't understand. And, and it's a places, famous, famous, famous place, right? You know, yeah. I'm sure you've been to Bergen. I know what it is. I yeah. know exactly what it is. I mean, I'll tell you what. I, went, I was in um, Venice Beach the other day. And this is a this is Lifting weights? Were you uh, working yeah. out? Yeah, muscle Beach. I was at Muscle Beach. I was working out a little. <laughs> Unfortunately, I had a beer in my hand. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, are you guys familiar with the Venice Whaler? Yes. Okay. So my buddy just bought the Venice Whaler. Oh, that's such a great location. It's an awesome location, and he is a phenomenal chef, and he has stepped up the food, stepped up the service, stepped up everything, kept the name the same, same concept. It's still a beach bar no matter what you do, well, but I was yeah. there at 2 o'clock or 2.30 on uh, Tuesday afternoon, and the place was packed. 200 people standing inside of this bar. On All a Tuesday? Yeah, on a Tuesday afternoon. I mean, it was a gorgeous day. I mean, for God's sakes, we're in Venice Beach, mm -hmm. but... And then uh, a little bit later, I walked across the street to a tiny little dive bar that I can't even talk, Hakano or... Hinano. Hinano. Uh, and I'll, you know what? I sat down to a surly bartender on a dirty bar who handed me a frosty cold mug with a, 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 a funky little kind of attitude smile, but at the same time, like, in a way saying, hey, thanks for being here. And you know what? It worked. Me and my bud, my brother and another friend of ours had two pitchers of beer between the three of us, and we <laughs> laughed and joked, and you, we dealt with what it was. That's what it was, and it was packed. So those types of places can do it. They're, you're not trying to be something that you're not, and that's what I find a lot of restaurants are trying to do is be something that they're not, and then they don't know how to execute whatever it is that they're doing. Right, and in, in the uh, the two examples that you just gave, Whalers and Hananos, they're, it's literally half a block from the sand of the beach. Exactly. So you're, gonna, you're always going to get people coming in and sampling, but if the vibe is not good, you won't go in there because uh, right. exactly. there, there are other bars there that are always empty. Um, and the CNO is also, uh, we love going there for Italian food. Well, they, when you, when you get a chance, go down to Venezuela and my buddy, his name is Nick. Um, actually Nick's on the show as well. Um, Nick Liberato, he's the chef, he's a Philly guy. Um, and his food, I'm telling you what, man, his food's just out of this world. And, and, and from one chef, you know, talking about another chef, I have a tremendous amount of respect for him. So all right, we will chance. check it out the next time we're in Venice. Oh yeah. And we do want to talk about sandwiches, but before sandwiches, I want to hear about the uh, the the late night hamburger making thing. <laughs> so uh, last year, I got a call from um, from my agent. She said, "Hey, I have this really cool um, kind of burger thing that I want you to check out." So I said, "All right, great, whatever, you know, just send it to me." So she sent it to me, and it was in a very nondescript box. It was like a, you could tell it was kind of um, the box was designed at home by somebody. Mm -hmm. And I opened it up, and I started to play with it. It was a little bit flimsy. I wasn't sure really. I'm like, I don't know about this. So I played with it a little bit. I got some ground beef, and I, I put the ground beef in, and it was a little odd to work at first. And then as the kind of night went on, and then the next day, I started to play with it a little bit more. And then the next day, I started to play with it a little bit more. And then I started producing these crazy stuffed burgers. So the way that this thing works is it's two pe it's it's one piece hinged piece of of uh, um, like a like a PVC type material that you open it up and there's a there's a base to it and you put five ounces of ground beef. Now I want everybody to listen to this. You take five ounces of ground beef or whatever your protein is that you're going to use. I do turkey burgers and chicken. Turkey, burgers. turkey, yes. 
The turkeys are awesome, and I'll tell you when you do a, a protein like turkey or, or chicken, spray it with a little bit of um, nonstick spray, mm-hmm. and it works awesome. So you put five ounces in the bottom, you close the lid, and you press down on it on either side of the handle, and it, and it literally, you open it back up, and there's a, there's a hole in there. There's a, there's, there's a whole area for you to stuff it, and there's ground beef on either side of it, and it's a cup. It makes a cup out of five ounces of, of, of magic. Magic. It's like you're a wizard. Exactly. I'm a, a meat wizard. wizard. <laughs> <laughs> From whence did this meat wizard come? And and so then, so now I'm weird. I'm a chef, so I always do funky things. I go a little nutty. I get my daughters involved in it. My daughter <laughs> looks at me and she's like, "Let's put mac and cheese in." Ooh. So stop. And and I didn't have time to make a bechamel and add the cheese and blah 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 blah. So I got some Kraft macaroni and cheese and we put it on the inside of it. And so we take three ounces of beef after that, and we put that on top as a little patty. We close the lid. A little cap for the hole, if you will. A little cap. It's a chapeau. We oui. Like a little, a little French chapeau. We oui. And I, so you know, could it be an, an Irish uh, tanter? What do they call it? Yeah. I've got, a, I've got my Jeff cap on right now, my little newspaper boy hat. <laughs> um, but so then you, you close the lid, and you roll the lid around a little bit, and it seals the top to the bottom. There it is. So now I've got a stuffed burger that has 11 ounces of product in it. Mm. <laughs> wow. So it's an 11-ounce burger. Now you can make them a little smaller, but for the ideal burger, you're going to use five ounces on the bottom, two ounces of protein, and then three to four ounces on top. That's the way I usually do mine. You know what I'm thinking? Mm. A reverse Cuban stuffed potato ball. Okay. You put mashed oh. potatoes in the inside. Exactly. Now you're talking. Mm-hmm. Now you're thinking. What up? I've done um, I've done them with uh, putting potatoes on the inside, and I did a this was weird. I did a shepherd's pie burger. Mm. So for I have clients in Nyack, New York, who do five stuffed burgers. One of them is called the New Yorker. It's stuffed with pastrami and Swiss cheese, and um, and a mobster's thumb, and a mobster exactly, <laughs> and Jimmy Hoffa's toe. Um, there's uh, you know we do an Irish burger that's got corned beef and cabbage on the inside of it. Um, we do a New Yorker. We do a barbecue. We What's do a, the New Yorker? The New Yorker is actually, I'm sorry, I already said that. That's the pastrami. Oh, the pastrami. With the, with with the, the thumb. Pastrami, yeah. American <laughs> cheese, and cold, and uh, and um, sauerkraut. Ah, so it's, it's like a little New York Reuben. Oh. And they're just awesome. I mean, you can do, I find them to be best done on a, if you're going to do turkey burgers, I find them best on the grill, on a charbroiler. But if you're going to do like a regular burger, I like to do it in a pan or on like a flat top in a restaurant. Mm. And you seat in the outside of it. Do not forget your salt and pepper, or I'll come to your house and I will cut your kneecaps. Yeah, uh, yeah. Especially if you're doing the New York burger. Right. <laughs> That's actually part of the experience, either way. <laughs> you when you eat it, someone threatens you. <laughs> hey, I'm eating here. Um, I'm eating here. I'll, I'll, I'll do a little plug for myself. I, I have a spice called Duffified Spice. And um, Duffified is a way that I live life. It's kind of over the top. I never say no. I try to have as many experiences as I possibly can. Um, you know, so I'm the guy who will, you know, I just got off the phone. I'm in L.A. right now. I got to fly back here um, Monday morning after I get back from vacation with my daughters. So it's like, you know, I, I typically say no to nothing. Um, that's <laughs> Duffified Spice sounds like a really bad stripper name, though. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the Spice Girl that got fired, like the Pete Best of the Spice Girls. Awesome. That's awesome. You know what I mean? Where, oh, geez, sorry, you're not going to make the chew. We just hired Scary. And so Duffified just spins out of control. And, is, and, you know, she's stripping for peanut butter sandwiches down the other side of the tracks. Okay, let's get back to the, let's get back to the show. Um, so what do you put the spice on? I put it, well, one, I put it on everything. Chicken, meats, 
you know, fish the whole nine yards. If I do fish, I typically um, will, will actually sprinkle it into um, like white wine in a pan and I'll steam oh. the fish so the aromatics oh, of it all. That's a good out. idea. That's a great idea. Because um, it's a combination of like salty, it's got black pepper in it, it's got coriander, it's got a whole bunch of cool seeds. Any cumin? Um, uh, there's a little bit of cumin oh, in there. Okay. Cumin's the new black. It, yeah. <laughs> cumin, that's a Cuban spice. It adds a lot. I mean, and then there's a bunch of herbs that go into it as well. Basil and rosemary. And mm. um, this is my first round of spices. I have another one coming out pretty soon called Duffified Spicy. Oh, yeah. Mark would like Marvelous. that. I love spicy yeah. food. I like uh, the other one. Are, Does it compare to, I use Badia all the time for that's everything. Stuff. That's yeah. the Cuban uh, complete seasoning. Ooh. Yes, but yes, but no, it does not. That's not <laughs> some. Well, I'm going to go out and get some <laughs> of the sweet. some of and the I first definitely spice today. Pork. I do that badia on my pork. Oh, yum! When I make my cubanos, because I do my pork, I roast it for 12 hours. Oh, all right. Speaking of oh, cubanos, a man after my yeah. own heart. Yenny, Yenny grew up in Miami. I grew up in Chicago. You grew up in Philly. Yeah, three Philly. three enormously popular sandwich towns. Huge, right? Everyone knows about the Philly cheesesteak. No the doubt. Cubano sandwich, yes. how would you describe that? Which That's one? The, 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 the Cubano Miami, or the, the, the Medianoche? Yeah, the, the, no, the, there's two. The Cuban sandwich and one. the Medianoche. Pick one. Um, if you were in Miami and you had one meal to have. Oh, my. One meal? Yes, one meal. That's it. That's it better it. be like 20 courses. But the main course for the one I'm saying to you is which? Well, I will always have the stuffed potato balls no matter what. Maybe just they make a sandwich. The, answer the question. Well, I think which sandwich? Medianoche, Midnight. But you don't have to have it. And tell people what a medianoche is. Midnight sandwich is the Cuban sandwich that people in Cuba used to have at midnight because they would go out and party and, you know, uh, drink and uh, dance. And they would go, come back around midnight, which was around the curfew. And that's what they would have at night. So that's what the name came from. Good hangover food is what you're saying. Oh, it is delicious because it has everything. It has sweet, savory, salty it, the, the bread is fantastic. Then you have the little pickles. You have the sweet mayo. It's insane good. And who makes the best media noche in, in uh, North Havana? I mean Miami. <laughs> I, I love Versailles. Versailles. Yeah, you gotta I go to Versailles. love Versailles. I agree. Uh, now, and I grew up in Chicago. Right. And Are you an Italian beef guy? I am an Italian beef guy. And from where? Well, I'm going to tell you. Okay. I personally, I like the combos. I like okay. the hot, spicy Italian sausage right. with the beefs on top, both kinds of peppers, hot and mild. Right. And uh, I'm going to say I'm an Al's guy. Okay. I like Al's. I'm a big fan of Al's. What's the other one? Is it Giorgetti's? Mr. Beef's. Okay. What's Is it Giorgetti's? Gene and Giorgetti's. Uh, yeah. Paisano's has a good one. I, I like Gene and Giorgetti's. I've, I've, I've enjoyed theirs. The Paisano's is pretty good. I'm not a fan of the uh, of the jus that they use as much. <laughs> the I think jus. it's a little it's a little watered jus down. in Chicago? <laughs> Not in an Italian restaurant. That's just wrong. Um oh, oh you don't you don't like Paisano's jus. Uh no, I don't like Paisano's jus as much. Oh. But All it's right. still a great sandwich. And I've and I've done Chicago and I've done it pretty well. So All right, yeah. so you're you're in Philly. I'm in Philly. You're gonna have one cheesesteak. Where do you get it? Oh Jesus. Hmm. Okay. Knowing that the world is listening, Brian. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, if I'm going to have, well, this is tough because I have friends. <laughs> I know. Okay. If I'm going to have one cheesesteak, I'm going to have the, I'm going to have, man, this is so not fair. Mm -hmm. That's why we <laughs> saved it for last. I know. And if okay. you get it wrong, we're, we're going to have, we're going to have <laughs> duffified spice beat the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> if I have to, if I, okay, man, oh man, oh man. 
Okay, I'm going to do it. So if I have to have one cheesesteak in Philadelphia, okay, then I'm going to go to Mama's Pizza on Belmont Avenue. Okay, well, this is not in the city. It's in the suburb just outside. I'm talking city. I'm there for a, a one-day conference. I Mama, get out early. Uh, well, Luke's. it should be someplace in the city, I think. Tony Luke's. Where's Tony Luke's? Tony Luke's is on Oregon Avenue. And why is it head and shoulders above uh, Geno's and Pat's there's, and all the other places that we've heard of? I love the history of Pat's and Geno's, and they're awesome. And when friends come into town and they ask me this question, then I give them the whole thing. And we go to Pat's first, then we go to Geno's, and then we finish up at Tony Luke's. So if you're coming to Philly with me, guess what? You're having three cheesesteaks. <laughs> and then the next morning, you're waking up, and you're going, and you're getting in line to Mama's, and you're having the good one on the other day because it's outside the city. So I, Tony Luke's is awesome. One, he just gives a great experience. Two, the food that he provide, pr- produces is just awesome. And three, he's a really, really good friend of mine. And I just trust what he does, and I like his flavors. And isn't it interesting how the, those flavors in each of those sandwiches r- really comes from the history and the soul of the city itself? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's nothing better than 3 o'clock in the morning on a Friday. You know, on that, after you're out at the bars and you go down to South Philly and you hop in those lines and you stand in between the two places mm-hmm. and you hear, they're yelling at you and screaming at you. If you don't get that order right, they're like, get out of line and start over again. Yeah, it's and very people, intimidating. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I, I, mean, I even get intimidated. I don't know how to order the damn sandwich. I met the king of the gypsies outside of Pat's. We were standing out there and a guy rolls up in like a 10-year-old Delta 88 and introduces himself as the king of the gypsies. I like it. I like. It. Do you get? Have you have you spent much time over on Ninth Street in the Italian market? I have, I have. We, I also had a Kobe beef Philly cheesesteak, which I thought was just excessive and far too rich. Where the hell was that? It was not far from uh, Pat's. It was in a place that looked like a bank, had been a bank, and they had remodeled it, and they they were kind of trying to um, update the yeah, recipe. put a little high end spin on the Philly experience, and uh, it was a hundred dollars. For a, a cheesesteak? For a Kobe beef cheesesteak. Oh, jeez. Well, oh, you know what? They saw you coming. Well, hold on for a no, second. Was like that a thing. Wasn't, it was, that it was... wasn't downtown. That was in Maniunk. Could have been. That was, at, that was at a place called Kansas City Prime. Yes, that sounds familiar. That's my buddy Derek Davis. I was his I was his chef for his place right next door to him, which was called Sonoma, which was a kind of an organic California-style food. I was the chef there for two years. Okay. It was a good sandwich. It To me... $100 for a Kobe beef and whatever it costs over at Pat's or Gino's, Pat's or Gino's, the food was just as good and, you know, just yeah. more authentic. And the conversations and the people that you meet standing in line, you know you could be nowhere else but Philadelphia. Right. And you, that, you, you're that, not in Wisconsin. You're not in Arizona. Yeah. You are in Philly. Yeah. I mean, I, you know what? I'm, I'm lucky. I get to travel all over the country. It's what I do for my business. It's what I do for TV shows and, and all the other stuff. And, and I love... You could you could literally just transplant me in any part of a town, and you're going to find that sandwich or that that local dish or that local flavor or whatever it is. Um, it, it's funny you're from Chicago. I'm doing uh, I'm doing a concept right now in Vernon Hills, so oh. just west of Chicago. Yeah, there's a the uh, Zanies Comedy Club that I perform at is in Vernon Hills. Oh, well, well, if you're back there, you got I, I'll get you the information. But my clients are opening up a place over there, and I'm doing their breakfast menu and their gastropub menu for them. And I did a Chicago deep dish deep dish breakfast pizza which what? is top of jardinere and it's got it's got uh vienna hot, uh, hot sausages in there and it's pretty wild for man. breakfast for breakfast it's a breakfast pizza it's a deep dish breakfast pizza i've had deep dish pizza for breakfast many times <laughs> but it's never on purpose it's 
It's, yeah. You know, it comes out of the fridge or off the top of the uh, table from the night before, and it's cold. <laughs> and there maybe is a bite mark in it already, but you don't care because you're so no, hungry. Not at all. That's the way it should. How be. is it different than a regular pizza? The, this breakfast deep dish pizza. Well, I mean, one, it doesn't have all the all the sauce, all the uh, sauce and everything in it, and all the that that you know extra amount of cheese. This is actually going to be filled with. Um, with some uh, some of the, some jardinier, it's going to be filled with some sausages, um, a little bit of beef and stuff like that, and then it's going to be scrambled eggs on the whole so- on the inside, and it's actually going to be a pizza dough that's layered inside of a cast iron skillet. Oh, that's a great mm. idea. So each one's made individually, and then it's going to be topped off with jardinier. Mm. It's going to be sided with uh, a little bit of Officer Mullins applesauce. Like I really tried to get a good feel of the area, the surrounding area. It's kind of fun. What kind of spices you put in it? Duffified, baby. <laughs> I'm not playing around. <laughs> I have two little girls, man. That's double wedding and double college. <laughs> uh, well, you're double it. hilarious, Brian. Thanks so much for joining us. It was a joy talking to you. So where can people find you on the interweb and order? order Duffified. <laughs> I'll get Duffified themselves. Well, you know, uh, for, to find me on, on, uh, on, the, the, fun, on the wonderful World Wide Web, um, I'm ChefBrianDuffy.com. That's my website. On Twitter, I'm ChefBryduff. That's C-H-E-F-B-R-I-D-U-F-F. And on Instagram, I'm the same thing. Um, Instagram's really been my fun lately. Uh, I really Isn't it fun? It. I just started. I love it because any weird thing you see, you can just Take send out. It's the greatest. Well, well, I'll ha- I'll make sure that I follow you after I'm done this. I'll hop on and I'll I'll send you a little something. Um, hold on, I'm gonna hold on. Don't move. Don't move. I'm taking your picture right now, and I'm gonna Instagram my 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 interview with you guys. <laughs> Here we go. One, two, three. Smile. <laughs> uh, I hope your face is dusted in duffified spices, like, <laughs> like you got also, hit by a clown pie. Make sure that I get your uh, when we're all done. Make sure I get your addresses, um, and I'll send you guys some duffified spice and a couple of stuffs to play with. Oh, I love it. Yeah, my spice you can buy right on my website at chefbrianduffy.com. Click on shop, and everything's right there for you. There awesome. you go, folks. That is uh, the hilarious chef Brian Duffy, all Irish, Italian, Philadelphia cooking <laughs> monster of him. Thanks so much for joining us, Brian. Thanks, Brian. Brian. We'll talk to you soon. My pleasure, guys. <laughs> Have a great day. Thanks for your time. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye. Good guy. Very good guy. Uh, his brothers are very successful Hollywood producers, and uh, I guess it runs in the family. They're a fun group. Some of that food sounds delicious. Oh, my God. I'm so hungry right now. This yeah. man made me so hungry. I know. I want one of those stuffed burgers. Oh. And I, I want it dusted with <laughs> duffified spice. Duffify me, baby. Duffified spice. That sounds so dirty. <laughs> That's a great slogan. Duffify this. Well, uh, I'm going to be down in Lincoln, Illinois in a couple weeks. And I'll see if they're using the Duffified Spice. I'm going to be at the Up and Smoke. I'm going to. There, I'm going to be in the uh, the Up and Smoke on the Square barbecue event. It's a Kansas City Barbecue Society sanctioned event. There's going to be over 45 teams, professional cooking teams, vying for over $15,000 in prizes. I'm going to be down there doing a live version, a live show of a Fork on the Road show and eating my face off. To tell us more about this classic Midwestern famous barbecue event. We have the imperial guru of the event on the show with us. It's Chris Grau, all the way from the city of Lincoln, Illinois. Joining us right now, it's Chris Grau, the imperial poobah of Up and Smoke on the Square. Thanks for joining us, Chris. Hi, Chris. Good morning or good afternoon. How are you guys doing? I guess it's good evening maybe in uh, <laughs> California. No, it's still Pe- afternoon there. We're ahead of you guys. People listen that. to us at all times of the day. This could be 4 o'clock in the morning in Jakarta. You just never know. And That's... they're going to be so hungry after this. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh. 
So I'm, you know, we've, I'm, uh, we've got a big show coming up here in Lincoln, Illinois, and we're getting pretty excited about it, really excited about it. So first off, tell people where Lincoln, Illinois is. You know, I'm on the air in Chicago uh, with Windy City Live, and I know all the license plates say Land of Lincoln, but uh, this we is are, not a suburb of Chicago, is it? No, we are, uh, we are smack dab in the middle of the state. We're three hours from everywhere. We're three hours, two and a half hours from, from St. Louis, three hours from Indianapolis, three hours from Chicago. We're smack dab in the middle on Interstate 55, kind of equidistant between Bloomington and Springfield. If you take uh, Route 10 straight across, you'll end up on 74 from Indianapolis. Um, easy drive from everywhere. We've got interstate access uh, from, from all points of the globe. So all the people that are used to going uh, back and forth from Chicago to St. Louis for the Cubs Cardinal Series, they have passed by Lincoln. Now you're oh, yeah. giving them a really good reason to stop because this is going to be a massive barbecue event, August 22nd through the uh, 24th. It's, and it's, it's um, sanctioned by the Kansas City Barbecue Society. For people that don't mm-hmm. know, explain uh, a little bit about that governing body, Chris. Well, the KCBS is uh, the organization that provides the rules, uh, the scoring, and they also provide us the reps to be able to properly run the contest because when you get you get a purse the size of ours, which our purse for the KCBS portion of this is, is $15,000. That's an expensive purse. Sure. Yeah. It's, uh, that's that's an second, RMA. <laughs> it's the second highest purse in the state of Illinois. We're pretty proud of that. And that's all made possible by local businesses that contribute money to help run this event to bring additional people to Lincoln. And then with, uh, a mon- with a purse like that, you're obviously drawing some of the biggest names in barbecue, right? Not just oh, you betcha. some jamokes that do this on the weekends. I just pulled our entry list out, and I went to the KCBS website, and we've got five of the top 20 teams currently in, uh, in professional barbecue today. We've got Iowa Smoky D's, Hogtide Barbecue, QL, 1-2 Barbecue, and Gilly's Barbecue are all listed in the top 20. You said, you uh, said wait a minute, you said professional barbecue. There, There is such a thing as the professional... Professional barbecuers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of these guys make their living doing this. And, you know, if you're listed in the top 20, you're more than your average backyard barbecuer. These guys are cooking probably 30 to, 30 to 40 contests a year. And uh, some of them will do back-to-back contests. Some of these contest organizers will organize a contest where it's... The, the teams can actually cook two contests in a weekend. Well, they'll go a Thursday, a Friday, Saturday, and then they start another contest Saturday, Sunday. So the teams can actually get double points for visiting one town, but they actually cook two contests. But we, uh, we're going to stick with this one and try to make this thing as, as well-oiled and fine a contest as we can make it before we look at doing anything like that. See, baby, you complain that I play softball. <laughs> it could be a lot worse. I could be dragging you all over the country with our trailer every weekend to or cook. Or you could be cooking for me every weekend. Yeah. Here's the problem, Chris. When we go out, when she has red meat, it has to be cooked to within an inch of its life. If it's even remotely pink on the inside, she won't eat it. So it's got to be well, cooked until it's crap. It doesn't sit well with me. That's uh, that's kind of how I like mine. I'm medium well all the way. Oh. I like my prime rib off the, uh, off the end piece. See, Judas, there you go. Aha. Judas. That's right. Judas. And he's, you know, he's Chris well, Grove. We'll, uh, he's we'll the barbecue king. We'll have to get her fixed up with some of our uh, our brisket sometime. We've got a pretty good brisket process. And, Mark, I would imagine you'll uh, you'll get some nibbles of some pretty good championship brisket while you're in Lincoln, Illinois, for our contest. Yeah, you know, the, the closest thing I've ever been to 
uh, this kind of event before is we went down to the uh, American Royal Barbecue event in Kansas City, mm-hmm. and that's that's like the Super Bowl of the event. Just to get in there, teams have to win one of the events like the Lincoln Barbecue, just to even sure. get a chance to cook, and it was amazing. All My favorite thing was the party before, when when all the guys are doing their practice pigs, and they're oh, practice yeah. cooking well, the night before. And there was some, I'm not going to lie, there was some drinking, Chris. I hope I hope there's going to be no drinking at your event. <laughs> well, it's uh it's it's kind of on the uh, on the QT, but there is a little uh, there are some refreshments consumed. We have a really <laughs> good wine and craft brew tent uh, to be able to enjoy uh, a sip of uh, a couple drinks. We have some fine Illinois wine and we have a number of microbreweries that are going to be on hand serving up samples and uh it's a it's a good time had by all mm, fine wait, the, wait 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 fine you, illinois wine people are making mm-hmm. wine in illinois oh yeah you really? better believe we are there's uh we're gonna have i think four illinois wineries and two uh two craft breweries on hand serving serving that stuff in our wine tent that's wow. become quite a uh, quite a venue for main street lincoln here in uh in lincoln illinois so we're looking forward to that baby what's your favorite wine uh, go ahead. You want to say it. No, you it. do it. No, no, no. No, what's, what's your it? favorite wine? I want to go to Miami. <laughs> <laughs> See, that joke uh-huh. never gets old. Um, for And for people who haven't come to the uh, Up in Smoke on the Square event before, it, are they just going to be watching this barbecue, or are there chances for people to eat and enjoy everything? I would imagine it's just like a, a picnic, but instead of your dipshit uncle cooking, you've got people that know what they're doing. Well, we uh, we have four really, really high-quality vendors that are going to be on hand, and several of these guys do compete, although it's difficult to say, yes, you're going to try competition championship barbecue. We do have two individuals that, that cook professionally, but they also are caterers, and they're going to be vendors that weekend. Randy Twyford from Jacksonville at Twyford Barbecue and Catering, he actually placed fifth at Memphis in May two years ago in ribs. And Tom Payne is a local cook. He's done a, a number of uh, backyard events, and he's done some KCBS competition. He'll be serving barbecue, but we'll have four vendors on hand that will be serving ribs and chicken and pulled pork and brisket. The unfortunate thing is with all these competitors that come, and one thing that our town has had a, a little bit of a difficult, difficult time grasping is the competitors that come and compete to turn in entries to win prize money aren't there to serve to the general public. Plus, with the health department regulations, with all the stringent requirements and everything to keep everybody from getting sick. Yeah, you can't give it out. Yeah, you can't serve it to the general public. Uh, One way that you can sample championship quality competition barbecue is to become a certified barbecue judge. Well, that sucks for the rest of the people. No, just become a judge. You have to become a certified judge. But how many judges can you have in there? Ask Chris. I don't know. We will have... uh, we will have close to 65 judges. You oh, okay, so that's better. And how do you become yeah, yeah. a certified judge? Who do you well, pay off? Are, this is if it, if it was Chicago, you'd just drop a $50 bill in an envelope on somebody and you'd you be go. a certified judge. <laughs> <laughs> but this is Lincoln. Well, yeah, different different organizations will hold a, a certified judges class. We did one down in, back in 2010, the year before our contest, so we made sure that we had a an adequate pool of judges, and we're probably going to hold one again next year. Uh-huh. But if you go to if you go to kcbs.us and go to their class, they have a classes section on their page under events, and you can see regionally. You know, there might be one held in Indianapolis, or one might be in one in Milwaukee, St. Louis. Um, but there's all kinds of different judges classes around that you can attend. It's a four-hour class. 
you sit through some classroom and then at noon they start bringing the entries in just like you're in competition and you get to sample all of this competition barbecue just like you were in uh, a contest and, and then someone else checks a, your work kind of yes and it's it's quite a these guys it's unbelievable the amount of work and skill and finesse that these barbecue cooks put into these entries and uh Oh, they spend, yeah, they spend all weekend marinating their meat and cutting, getting just the right piece of meat to cook. This is a big, sure. not only are you competing for money, but you're competing for bragging rights. And it's oh, it's betcha. really way more intense than I would have ever guessed. And is it the same kind of thing where it's four things? It's the chicken, the brisket, the uh, ribs, mm-hmm. and what's the fourth one? Chicken, ribs, chicken, ribs, pork, and brisket are the four main categories. And then they... Everybody, every contest usually does some type of an ancillary event or side dish sauce of some kind. And our, our kind of our exclusive thing that we do at our contest is called Anything Goes on Friday night. It's a non-points category. It's just for money. We have a purse of $750 that's sponsored by our local newspaper. But the judges can, or the, uh, the competitors can cook anything they want as long as it's submitted on a shish kebab skewer. And they have to work a. They have to use a watermelon rind in their garnish somehow. Uh, Abraham Lincoln in uh, 1853 christened the town of Lincoln with the juice of a watermelon. So watermelons are pretty uh, pretty important to the town of Lincoln. He christened he christened the that. city with watermelon juice. Mm-hmm. He Why? Did in a spot that's just about uh, two blocks away from our competition, where our competition is held. And that also is why we have these very unique watermelon trophies that we use. Uh, we have some watermelon trophies that are made that uh, are very, very unique, and uh, the competitors really like these watermelon trophies uh, but just because they're unique. You know, you can get a bowling trophy anywhere, but to be able to get a big slice of watermelon with the up and smoke on the square logo, that's something extra special. Right. So that's just some of the little touches that we try to do to make our contest a little bit different, a little bit better. And uh, it's we, we've grown. We had 44 contestants last year, and just about 3:30 this afternoon, we had our 53rd professional team sign up. So we're pretty wow. excited about wow. that. Wow. Uh, now, does it cost plus anything have, for people to show a, up? Can people just do people that? do people buy tickets to come, or do they just show no. up in the town square? No. It's free. They just show up, and they can they can walk around and look at all the barbecue equipment and talk to the talk to the chefs and the uh, the barbecue cooks. Oh wow! So you get up close and personal. You, yeah, it's uh, it's it's quite a nice deal. It's all in our downtown area, historic downtown Lincoln around the uh, around the downtown square. We have three sides of the courthouse surrounded by barbecue. Plus, we have two parking lots and two other side streets that we use. And the the cost that's involved is to purchase barbecue from one of the vendors, mm-hmm. and then we also have the wine tent where you can go in and sample some wine, or if you want to go in the guest services area and not purchase a wristband. You can go get a glass of beer. You can get a glass of wine without having to pay the admission charge to uh, to get in the wine tent, which is kind of nice. Uh, do most people drink? Uh, I would think most people would drink beer, beer with yeah. barbecue, right? Not wine. The ladies drink the well, wine. Well, this the wine with pork. The, the wine tent. The wine tent in Lincoln started probably ten or twelve years ago as a fine wine venue for our main street. And just last year, they introduced craft beer, and they saw a tremendous increase in their uh, their attendance with the wine tent. So large that we've moved it to another street, and they've made the tent about 25% bigger. So 
the addition of craft brew has been a really, really good thing for downtown Lincoln for the uh, Art, Art of Wine Festival. I tell you, I, I'm, I'm so looking forward to coming out there. I'm going to be out there. I'm going to be uh, emceeing the show. We're going to do a remote episode of this show. From, I am so jealous. I know, from Lincoln. And uh, we're also going to be giving away a, a trip to Cancun. I'm going to be doing some sort of contest down there that we will, uh, uh, we're going to do my, my cooking contest, right? Mm-hmm. And we're going to give we're away. We're going to do tri- some guacamole for the crowd in the wine tent about uh, 3 o'clock. Right. Downtime after the judging. Our awards will be at 5. Turn in for KCBS starts at noon and it goes noon, 12, noon, 12.31, 1.30 and then backyard presentation or bar- backyard entries go in at 2 and 2.30. We'll have probably 25 different teams cooking in our backyard local event where these guys will, instead of doing the full KCBS competition, they'll be doing uh, just chicken and ribs, mm-hmm. relatively short cook time. And that has really grown to a big a big portion of our contest, and we're expecting we'll probably, with everything, we're probably going to have 70 to 75, maybe 80 teams cooking downtown this year. This is exactly why I love summer. Well, I mean, the first reason is there's no school. And I've loved summer since there was, I realized that I didn't have to go to school. But secondly, events like this where the whole town turns out, and Lincoln is a small town, right? How many, how many people live in Lincoln? 15,000. All right, so it's a great, literally, it's the, it's the poster child for Midwest small town barbecue. Everyone comes out in the square. It's so fun. You get to meet so many cool people. And you know what? There's nothing like having a cold beer Walking down the street, chewing on a rib when it's like eighty degrees outside, and and sure. meeting your playing. neighbors. Right, it's really fun. It's uh, I'm really looking forward to coming down there. Uh, is there live music? Oh yeah, there's going to be music in the wine tent. We have a DJ that's kind of over on the barbecue side of the event that'll be playing just background music and emceeing the event for us. But each evening in the wine tent, Friday evening, Saturday evening, and Sunday afternoon, they'll have live entertainment. And it's not just not just barbecue and, and, and wine. There's also a fine art fair that's over in a park that's about a block away over in uh, Latham Park, and then a block the other direction over in Scully Park. There's a craft fair, a flea market, and then more food booths. There's just an enormous assortment of things to do. And then out at our local airport that's on the north side of town, each night there will be there's a, a hot air balloon festival where during the day there's a there's carnival rides, there's food booths, and then in the evening they'll actually do a balloon launch. I think last I heard they had 34, 35, 36 balloons that will launch all at one time, and then they come back to the airport at dusk and they'll put the balloons up and they'll do what's called a balloon glow where you can stand back out on the airport runways and you'll see the balloons all set up at one time. They've got a choreographed where they'll light the burners all at one time and all these balloon envelopes light up it's just a just an absolute breathtaking display when they do that really really neat wow it's it sounds now do i get to go up in a balloon can i go up in a balloon and uh if you get your tail down here in time we might be able to do that we're uh, we're still working on that we're going to see if we can get you up saturday morning so why should people why should people that don't live in lincoln come in for this event i mean it's it's i think you've pretty much gone over everything is it a big big is it the big social event of lincoln it is it is Lincoln's big splurge for outdoor activities. We'll, we'll estimate that we'll have probably twenty-five to 30,000 people in town. Wow. And there's, there's literally a dozen different things going on in town at one time. And there's a, there's a free trolley or free shuttle service that you can use where you can park out at the airport, and then you can ride a shuttle back and forth downtown and not have to move your car. 
once you leave the airport, you come downtown, all the festivities downtown are free, you know, except for purchasing food and drinks. But mm-hmm. the rest of the activities, you can walk all over downtown and look around. And if you're in town late, you can stay and watch the watch the balloons take off. You can go back out to the airport and see the balloon glow. Then you can come back down to the barbecue area and kind of check that out. Um, a really, really good time to be downtown is after 9 o'clock Friday night because the, the anything goes is over with. We've had the cook's dinner and meeting. The barbecue cooks are getting their getting their smokers fired up. All their big meats, their brisket and their pork shoulder, are injected, rubbed, and ready to go. And at that point, they're kind of got the big stuff done. They can kind of take a breather if you want to stop and ask about their equipment and look at their stuff. Um, they'll, they'll spend as, as much time as you want talking to you. And they're so all really, set up. Really I friendly. mean, these, these are big rigs, the guys that uh, come out, that, especially that do this professionally. They have big, like, trailer cookers, and they're all set up. And it, it was like it was, in Kansas City, which, again, is my only reference uh, to this point anyway, it was a giant parking lot filled with guys in matching T-shirts, big bellies, coolers full of beer, music, and these out, 30, 40, $50,000 barbecue rigs. It's, some, it, of these, it is a, some of these guys will come rolling in in a 40-foot trailer. Yeah. I think there's one guy that's got a 42-foot trailer. You they're, got any uh, women cooking this series. year? Any female teams? You know, we've got some ladies that help some of the local teams, and there's a, there's a, a number of, like, um, uh, Darren and Sherry Worth from Iowa, Smokey D's from Des Moines, Iowa. That's a husband and wife team. Shad and Angie Curtin are a husband and wife team. Shad Curtin won $100,000 in barbecue pit masters three years ago. Wow. Darren and Sherry Worth won the Kingsford Invitational on the, the deck of the USS Intrepid out in New York. Plus, they won three other contests. I think they won close to $130,000. Wow. The Kingsford in Invitational. Weeks. They actually write you an invitation with charcoal, right? Oh, yeah. Isn't it you just better, a handwritten? You better believe they do. It's a very <laughs> exclusive, very, very prestigious award to get. Um, and there's a number of other local teams that we've got here that have got husband and wives involved. That's a, a really neat deal. You know, but it's, it's, it's a always a husband event. and wife. It's never just a wife. Of course not, baby. It's barbecue. If this was shopping, well, it guys, would be the other way around. <laughs> you guys, such a you guys interviewed a, a pretty famous woman, female barbecue cook, Leanne Whippen, Woodchicks Barbecue. But it's really nice because all these local teams will have their families and then, of course, their aunts and uncles and their brothers and sisters and grandma and grandpa will all come down and, and see these people cooking. So it's a nice family event, nice family atmosphere. Kids running around all over the place. It's just a lot of fun. It really, is, really, it, it really, really to it. me, is the quintessential Midwestern weekend. Yenny grew up, she was born in Cuba, and then she lived in Miami. And I don't think you have these kind of things in Miami. Everything is dancing and, you know, salsa and loud, Well, we do. Colorful. We roast pigs for every Yeah, location. but this is, this is different. This is so oh, no, 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 John no, no. Deere the, Midwestern. The, it's, it's just, I love it. I just love it. Well, the Cuban people have this, La Caja China, the Chinese box, they call it, and that's where they roast the pigs. And, like, most families have one of those in their backyard. Mm-hmm. And it is the most no, amazing it. pig well, ever. These guys just Ugh. put those basic same kind of Ugh. things on a trailer, and they go from town to town to town to town and, and uh, yeah, I don't, do that. I don't so know give... if they have a huge barbecue uh, event going on, but I remember every family gathering, Christmas. We don't have we don't have turkey at Thanksgiving. No, we have the pork in the Chinese box and black beans and rice. Yum oh, yum. So uh, we just uh, we just tried our hand. My cooking partner and I just tried our hand at. Whole hog, whole hog barbecue weekend before last and then 4th of July weekend, and it uh, turned out pretty good. We were pretty happy with it. Now, what what is the etiquette 
for finding and keeping a good cooking partner? Is it, would you say, more complicated than a good marriage or less complicated? Probably less complicated because you don't have to sleep with them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I've, I've got a friend of mine. We've been friends since first grade in grade school. We went to Catholic grade school together, and we've both share a passion for barbecue. And he and I and about another dozen other people have kind of taken an interest with this competition that we've got here in town, and it has just – we knew when we we put our head, you know, threw our hats in the ring for this thing that it would grow, but we had no idea that this thing would grow to capacity to 54 teams in four years. Yeah, and with a fifteen thousand dollar purse, it's going to be really great. It's uh, August 22nd through the 24th, or 22nd and 23rd in Lincoln, Illinois. The website is LincolnBBQ. Dot com. And it's free. You can come down. You can win a trip to Cancun. You can win thousands of dollars if you're a decent barbecuer. It's a no-brainer. It if is. you love barbecue, if you love food, if you love good wine from Illinois. I'm not going to drink wine. I'm not going to drink wine. You're going to drink no, beer. I'm, I'm going to well, drink local have, beer. They have the, the local breweries. The, the, the hard thing, the trick is not to get full in the first 20 minutes. Like if you taste, if you're walking around and you get, taste everything, you get one you little love. sample of something good, I always like you want to eat like the whole rib, slab of ribs. You just got to take a little sample and move on. Otherwise, you end up rubbing your belly and crying. Well, you got to find what until, you want. Uh, just wait until we get you in the judging area at uh, high noon on Saturday, and you'll you see the Ooh. artwork and the effort of what comes in the door. These guys, it's it's just unbelievable the amount of effort that these guys put in, and how and it's very exciting because they have to run it. and they have to turn the things in like. On a clock, and if they're late, they're out, right? Yes, they have a five-minute window on, in, on each side of each turn-in time. So they have it from 11.55 to 12.05. And if it's 12.05.01 on the official clock, they can't turn it in. Right. Oh. So you've got timing. You've got guys drinking beer. They've been up all night cooking. It's it's a, just a volatile, delicious mix of it's mid. It's the summer. It is summer in the Midwest. So if you've never experienced it, folks, come out, come see us uh, in uh, Lincoln, Illinois. We're going to be doing an episode of the show, Fork on the Road Show. We're going to be giving away a trip to Cancun. There's going to be fifteen thousand dollars in cash and prizes given away, and you're going to eat yourself some delicious meat. And the man in charge of it all, Chris Grau. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, are you are you competing, Chris, or you're just organizing? No, I. I'd love to be able to compete in this contest, but we've got our hands full organizing it. We've got some uh, some really good sponsors that we've brought on board that uh, we're kind of responsible for making sure we we run the show correctly. And we've we've had lots of compliments about how smooth our uh, our barbecue contest goes. And um, you mind if I read through our list of sponsors here real quick? I won't sure. read them all; just our top ones. Sure. Our executive level sponsor, State Bank of Lincoln, our amenity sponsor that pays for. Uh, the judge's gift, and also for the Cook's Dinner meeting on Friday night is Cisco of Central Illinois, Lincoln IGA, and Grau Incorporated, Grau Chevy Buick Cadillac. That's my business. We uh, we co-sponsor Reserve and Reserve Grand Champion, the purse for that. And then each one of the categories are sponsored by Nichols Motor Company, which is my brother-in-law, Croft Fertilizer Service, Stuffteria Pizza, and the Sheely Group. And mm. we also have a whole host of trophy-level and festival contributor-level sponsors that the list is just a mile long that uh, we really uh, probably can't go into this evening, but we'll sure cover them uh, over the weekend when you're here for the contest. Now, as as the uh, as the guy in charge of this event and also as a Chevy dealer, did you read my contract writer where, where I need a convertible Stingray to drive around for the entire weekend? <laughs> got a, did you I've read got that? A 15, I've got a 15 Stingray. 
in production, and I hope that it's here before the contest. But unfortunately, I won't even get to drive it because I think we've got it sold already. <laughs> hey, you know what the best part of the whole weekend is, Mark? No, I don't. You get to hang out. You get to hang out with my wife. She's going to be your uh, kind of your your sponsor or your escort that weekend to make sure that you get from place to well, place. I don't think she should be my escort, Chris. I mean, that would be uncomfortable. Uh, well, it just depends on how you word that, I guess. <laughs> See, there's Midwestern hospitality, baby. You Miami you people, it. you don't get it. You just don't get it. Well, I'm looking forward to meeting you, Chris, and your wife. And, and uh, I'm totally jealous that I'm not going to be there, but maybe next year. driving my Stingray. That's what I... All right. Sounds Bring me good. some pulled pork. All right, so All that right. is that is August 26. 20- Second and 23rd. In Lincoln, Illinois. The website is lincolnbbq.com. If you like to eat, drink, or have fun, you should be there because that's where I'll be. Chris Corral, thanks for joining us, and I will see you in a couple weeks. Thank you, Chris. All right. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Bye-bye. Everybody have a good night. I cannot wait. I'm so starving to go. I'm jealous. Well... Bring me something back. Maybe you know what? This is your problem. You only want to go with me to the exciting cities. Yes. Yes, and you thought... An exciting event. Right. You don't like going to Chicago in the winter because it's too cold, in the summer because it's too humid, but and I your went hair gets the, frizzy. But I went for the Pan Am um, event. Well, that was a personal thing. That wasn't a work thing. So now you're going to miss out. You're going to see what you miss out because I'm going to have a ball at the Up and Smoke Down the Square. If people want more information, you, like uh, Chris said, you can go to their website, which is lincolnbbq.com. You can also find... Uh, uh, Chef Brian Duffy on the interweb and uh, Zoe Zeldana's movie is still in the theaters. That's a good yep. sandwich episode. It is. If you don't want to eat a sandwich after listening to the show, I would go see a doctor because there's something wrong with you. I'm hungry. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go eat a sandwich right now. We are both are. So uh, Wrap it up. until next week. We want you to keep listening to the show. Go to our website, which is a fork on the road show.com. You can listen to this and all the last uh, you can listen to this and all the previous shows that we've done and follow us on social media. On Follow us and review us on iTunes. Right. Go to iTunes, look up a Fork on the Road show and leave us a good uh, review. We're trying to get up over a million subscribers this summer, so please uh, tell your friends about the show if you like it. Also follow us on social media. I'm Mark DiCarlo on Twitter and Mark DiCarlo TV on Instagram. And I'm Yenny Alvarez on Instagram and Traveling Diva on Twitter. And that's the end of our bar sandwich show. So until next week, I'm Mark DiCarlo. And I'm Traveling Diva. And we'll see See you on a fork on the road.
Thank you.